I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. Yes, I'm in the glory land way. Telling the world that Jesus saves today. Yes, I'm in the glory land way. 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 And the way groweth clearer for I'm in the glory land way. Listen to the call, the gospel. Good evening, my brothers and sisters. Get in the glory land way. Here is your brother Paul Offen. And once again, I've come to you tonight to continue the lesson that we've have started about three weeks ago. Before I introduce the lesson, I want us to commit ourselves into the Lord so that He can guide us and teach us His Holy Word. So let's pray. Father God and Almighty, once again we thank you and give your name praise because you deserve it. We thank you for creating us in your own image and also for showering your glory upon human beings. Father, as we study to find out what will happen at the end days of our life, I pray thee, God, that you speak through me. I commit all my hearers and my listeners into your care, that God, you open your, their minds and also give them the wisdom and understanding so that they also understand your word. And if there is anything they have to do about their salvation, Father, let them know that today is the day and the time is now, so that we all can inherit heaven as we have promised your holy ones. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Right, brothers and sisters, as I said before the prayer, this lesson was introduced about three weeks ago and we have already um, listened to part one part two and today we are going to do part three which I want all of you to listen attentively if you are joining this study for the first time our topic is centered on eschatology. Eschatology simply means the study of last or the final things. We are basically discussing the final states of man. We have already looked into what happened after death in part one. And also in part two, we look into the intermediate states, which means the period between our death and our resurrection. In this part, we are going to focus briefly on what happens in torment or Hades, the place where the ungodly souls are kept. And also we look into the bliss or the paradise where the righteous souls are also kept. We also throw more light 
on how the final judgment is going to be. So it's going to be an interesting topic today, what we are going to discuss. And as I always plead with you, please, after listening to this tape, let other people also hear it. Because this is something that involves our life. That involves the final things that will happen to every human being. So it's important you share this with as many as you can so that everybody will be prepared for the final days. As already discussed, the intermediate states consist of two areas, basically two waiting areas, because we've already discussed in part one and two that the intermediate state is not our final destination, but is a waiting area. It's like you are traveling to maybe Dubai and you make a transit in Germany for a brief before you continue your journey to Dubai. In the same way, the intermediate states, when you die and your soul goes to the intermediate states, you go and wait. But there are only two areas in these states. You either go and wait in the torment or the Hades, or you wait in the bliss or paradise. There is no third place. I think in part two, I made everybody to understand that there is no third place. We know there is teaching that called purgatory, that is also going through some religious bodies, which they are saying that if you are a sinner and you die, you can go to this purgatory and make amends and then God will send you to heaven. We've already said that this teaching is not a biblical base, so nobody should adhere to it. It's a teaching of human being and not a teaching of God. So today, as I said, we are going to dive into what happened in the torment or what actually uh, is the torment. Some of the texts we have already read so far clearly suggest that departed souls will be welcome in either torment or the bliss. In Luke chapter 16 verse 23 to 24, we see the rich man being ushered into torment. The verse reads, and I quote, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. And some translation will say Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side or at his bosom, as other translations will say. And I read this from Luke chapter 16, verse 22 to 23. Brothers and sisters, Peter also affirmed this when he says, and I quote, The Lord knows how 
to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 9. So what it means is this place that we call torment is a place where the unrighteous are kept until judgment day. So if you go to torment just now or hear this, that is not the final destination. We've already discussed that. Here, the suffering they are going through is unabated. But it must not be taken as the final state of hell itself. Since the judgment day is still to come. It is simply a foretaste of hell, a prelude to eternal punishment. It is a terrible and a terrifying state. In fact, as I said, it's not an actual destination. It is like a comedy show before the actual movie. This is a place nobody should dream of. You shouldn't dream about at all because it's not a good place for anyone to go. What about the bliss? Or we call it paradise. The interim bliss of the redeemed, on the other hand, is delightfully desirable place to be. This is called a paradise, a state where the departed souls exist without physical bodies, therefore not yet the perfection of our final states. There, the departed souls do not have physical bodies. But remember, Bible have made it to understand that we will be in another body. We will be in another body. Jesus says, this body we have now the blood and bones will not inherit the kingdom. We are going to change for another body. But in paradise, the souls do not have bodies. So that means this is not the perfection of our final state. But comparing our present and existence states, this place called a paradise is far much better a state to be than here. Luke chapter 23 verse 42 and 43. You also read first second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8 and Philippians chapter 1 verse 23 to tw uh, verse 21 to 23. All these quotations will also tell you what I'm telling you. So you can read those quotations. This is a place where Paul himself desired to be when he wrote to the Christians at Corinth. He says, and I quote, Yes, we are of good courage, and we will rather be away from the body, this present body, and at home with the Lord. Paul said it is important that we leave this present body and go home our final destination and go home and be with the Lord. 
So, when you leave this body, you go to the bliss or paradise if you are a faithful person. And you go and wait there. This body is just a temporal structure to house our eternal soul for a brief time. Therefore, let us not waste much time on this tent that will soon be destroyed. But let's put all our effort to ensure our souls have a better place to live after this present life. Apostle James described this present life as a vapor when he says, and I quote, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while or a little time and then vanishes. James chapter 4 verse 14. Beloved, I will entreat you to take time, take some time and look at yourself in a mirror. If you are 40 years and above, just stand in front of mirror. You can, you know, expose yourself. Look at yourself from head to toe. And tell me honestly, if you don't see any changes of your body since your childhood up to this time, if you don't see any changes, though it is common saying that life begins at 40. But let me tell you the secret. It is rather your body that begins to go down at 40. This is the reason why you see the changes from 40 years. So, it is important you recognize yourself or you see the changes that your body have now and then know that this body we have is a temporal structure and a time will come we have to leave this body and go and stay with the Lord. I mean the Christians. If you are not a Christian, please listen carefully to what I'm saying and at the end of it, if you want help, you can contact me. Or I would advise you, contact any Church of Christ near where you are, and they will help you. When Paul was reassuring the persecuted Christians of Rome, he says something, and I quote here. This is what he said, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Romans chapter 8 verse 18. The faithful Christians have hope because as soon as their souls pass as soon as their souls pass on from this present life into the intermediate state, they are ushered into paradise and immediately they start feeling the glory that is to be revealed. In Luke chapter 16 verse 22, Jesus spoke of it as Abraham bosom. The Jews understand this to mean the pinnacle of comfort and contentment. In paradise, Jesus described it as Abraham's bosom. And if you are a Jew and you say Abraham bosom, you know what it means. 
pinnacle of comfort and contentment. Though Christians enter into this state of bliss, when I say Christians, I mean the faithful Christians. It's not everyone that calls himself or herself a Christian, but those who have obeyed the instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and are in his kingdom or in his church. These people, when they die, they are still looking forward to their final destination in that waiting place called the intermediate states. We are waiting for our final destination, which is our heavenly home, where the righteous saints are going to dwell forever. Brothers and sisters, so when we say bliss or paradise, this is how it is. The righteous souls wait here for a time being until the resurrection day where they will be ushered into heaven. Let's talk about the judgment. There are a lot of things about judgment. A lot of discussions and some people don't want to even hear anything about judgment because they are afraid. And sometimes, you know, the mistake we make is people go to uh, uh, read the book of Revelation and try to apply Revelation to the judgment day. That is wrong. There are so many things that we Revelation speak about. These imageries and these figures of speech has nothing to do with the final judgment. But if you don't understand the scriptures, you always make a mistake and do that. Now we are going to look into the Bible for the Bible to tell us what the final judgment, the final judgment day is going to be. And I want you to understand this. I said the final judgment day is going to be. In the scriptures, both the Old and the New Testament frequently affirm the fact that there will be a great day and a final judgment of all mankind. The Hebrew writer says, and I quote, And just as it is appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Hebrew chapter 9 verse 27. Solomon was emphatic when he says, and I quote, For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 14. Paul in Acts chapter 17 verse 31 advises the people of Athens to repent from their idol worship because he says God has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Therefore, whether we like it or not, a day is coming where every soul, both death and alive, will appear before the judgment seat of Christ for righteous judgment to be pronounced. 
Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Paul says in, to the Corinthians, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. All these quotations and many more that we have not even read attest to the fact that judgment is inevitable. It will by all means come. But the question is, have you prepared for that great day? Let's talk a bit about rapture because most of us have heard about rapture, 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 rapture. Rapture is coming. I want you to be aware that there is but only one judgment day. We don't have judgment days. It's a judgment day where all souls will appear before the righteous judge. This is a single day and not several days. There are several scriptural passages that confirm a single day. First John chapter 4 verse 17 call this the day of judgment. Matthew chapter 7 verse 22 says, On that day many will say to me. Romans chapter 2 verse 5 says, On that day of wrath, God's, uh, God's righteous judgment will be revealed. First, Second Peter chapter 3 verse 7, Peter says, Until the day of judgment, the destruction of the ungodly. So you can see that all this quotation talks about a day, judgment day, on that day. So we don't have two days and we don't have three days. It's a day, one day that God will judge the whole world. Indeed, if the day of judgment is going to be one, as the Bible says, then the question is, when is the so-called rapture happening? We've heard about rapture going to happen at the end. When is the rapture happening? It will interest you to know that the word rapture is not found in the Bible. There's nowhere in the Bible, open from Genesis to Revelation, there is nowhere the Bible says there's something called rapture. The English word rapture derives from the Latin verb rapel, which means to carry off or to catch up. Those who accept the concept of rapture believe that all non-believers on earth at the time of judgment will be left behind for the tribulation period. This is not a biblical concept. This is not what the Bible teaches. Jesus was emphatic when he said, and I quote, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all those, or when all who are in the tombs will appear, will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, 
and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. John chapter 5 verse 28 and 29 is what I've just read. No one is going to be left on earth for any period of time. The judgment is a single day and at the same time everyone will receive what he or she deserves. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. Those who believe in this concept of rapture are confused with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 and 17 where Paul says and I quote for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first then we who are alive who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air so we will always be with the Lord so this is the quotation that they read and use it to back what they term as rapture but the understanding to this rapture conflicts what this quotation is actually saying in actual fact no one is going to vanish from the text we have just read the dead in Christ which is the souls that are in paradise together with the living who are faithful will meet the Christ in the clouds as he is descending in fact every eyes both the dead and the living souls will witness his coming John made it clear when he wrote and I quote he says behold he is coming with the crowds and every eye will see him even those who pierce him and all the tribe of the earth will wail on his on account of him even so Amen I am Alpha and Omega says the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come the Almighty let us say Amen that is Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 to 8 so there is nothing like rapture the day of judgment is but one and at the same time Christ is going to judge people and you will know where you belong to as soon as Christ comes now indeed if this day the whole human life is going to be before appear before Christ from the day of Adam up till now that I'm speaking if Christ is to come today all these lives that are dead and about 7 billion people on the planet now are going to stand in front of Christ then people think that well that day is going to be a busy day for Christ is that the case is that the case let's dive through what the Bible says 
Many people have the picture that the judgment day is going to be a busy day, thinking that Christ will sit on his throne for a long period of time for all people to be given account one after the other. I initially have the same thought, but taking a second look into the scripture, my perception was changed. It is going to be a brief period. This is because, one, the omniscient God, when we say omniscient, means God who knows everything, all-knowing God. He knows you before even you were formed in your mother's womb and he knows the day you will die and even after your death god knows it he knows everything that is about you that is going in your head and in your heart the omniscient god is aware of it so the omniscient god does not need a final examination of each person's record in order to determine who will be saved and who will be lost or to determine each person's degree of punishment or reward the very day Christ descend each individual will know where he or she belongs to it's a matter of seconds your judgment is determined so it's not going to be busy at all for Christ because he knows you and he knows everything that is in your heart. If you are faithful, if you are in the right place, if you are in the right church, Jesus Christ knows it. If you are also in the lost church, but hiding behind the scenes and doing unrighteous things, Jesus Christ knows it. In Revelation chapter 20 verse 12 when the picture of the final judgment mentions the fact that books were open whether the books are literal or symbolic this reminds us that a permanent and accurate record of all our these has been kept by God so secondly the reason why the day is not going to be busy is that already God says in Revelation 20 verse 12 that it's a book that will be open and all our these is already recorded in it. So as I'm speaking now, God has my records already. So on the judgment day, it's a matter of seconds. I myself will know where I belong to. Even Jesus has not pronounced where I'm going to go. I will know instantly. And even that, your record is there. So God doesn't need you to take an examination and say, you are passed, go here. Oh, you are failed, go here. He knows already before Christ descend with his archangels, he knows where you are going. Brothers and sisters, Therefore, the day is not going to be hurtic for Christ because before he returns, our these are already known. Paul was clear when he said, Therefore, 
do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purpose of the heart. Then each one will receive his con commendation from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5 Brothers and sisters, as we are coming to close of part 3, I want to inform everyone that the final judgment is reserved for Christ and Christ alone. He is the judge both for the living and the dead. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore my advice to other religious groups who do not follow Christ our Lord and the atheists who do not believe my advice to them is that they are all going to appear before the mighty seed of Christ. They are all going to appear before the Lord who was pierced. They are all going to appear before my God who was crucified. Therefore, everyone should repent and seek him today. John says, Jesus has been given the authority to execute judgment because he is the son of God. John chapter 5 verse 27. There are other references that you can also uh, make from Acts chapter 10 verse 42, Acts chapter 17 verse 31, Romans chapter 2 verse 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10, Matthew chapter 25 verse 31 to 46. All this clearly suggests that the Son of Man, our Lord Jesus Christ, will sit on his throne and judge all nations. Every soul will appear before him. And that day, you will bow before my Lord, and he will judge you. So now you can boast and call yourself your atheist. You don't believe in God. Now you can choose other people to follow that they are your God. The time will come, you are appear before the judgment seat of my Lord. There is no second chance to this day. The only chance you have today, the only chance is today. And now that you hear me, you have to repent and look for the right church. The church of the Bible. Remember Jesus said, not everyone who called me Lord, Lord, will enter my kingdom. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Are you in the right church? Think about it. Again, I ask you, are you in the right church? Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15 says, As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart, as in the rebellion. To conclude, my brothers and sisters, I want you to be very careful. Do not deceive yourself by thinking that Nothing is going to happen after you die. But ensure your soul so that at the judgment day you will pass and be with the Lord.
In part 4, we're going to be looking into what our resurrected bodies going to be. And we will also talk about hell, the eternal state of the non-saved. God bless you for listening to this tape. And I hope you will also be ready for part 4. After listening to this, please share with your friends so that they will know. If you have listened to this tape but you have not got chance to listen to part 1 and 2, please do so so that you will understand the lesson and you'll be blessed. God bless you. It's still your brother Paul Offin and it is Church of Christ. If you need any help, please contact the Church of Christ near you and we will help you. If you are struggling to find Church of Christ in your locality, please drop me a text either on the Facebook or if you are watching this from YouTube, you can also put your comments there. I want you to like it. I want you to share it and also subscribe to my lessons. God bless you in Jesus name. Telling the world.